we are so glad you are here. My name is Daniel Casnave. I'm the pastor here at the Bridge Church. And if you're joining us for the first time, maybe online, in the room, uh, we're in a series called Living with Jesus. And uh, Easter is just around the corner. And so we are looking at a set of talks that Jesus gave to his disciples, and it translates for us as followers of Jesus as well. Uh, but he's given this uh, set of talks, this intimate set of talks where he brings his disciples in close and he says, hey, I'm getting ready to go back to heaven and I want you to know this. I want you to understand how to live with me, how to follow me, even though I'm not physically right there in front of you. And you can see how that would be incredibly relevant for us today, right? To be able to follow Jesus understand his ways. And so uh, we started last week in John chapter 15, and we're still in John chapter 15, but we're also going to move a little bit into John chapter 16 here today as well. Uh, but I'm, all, I'm also going to use a, a good bit of scripture this morning. Is that okay? Very good. I just kept finding stuff, and I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. So I just kept adding it. Okay, okay. So we're going to read that together. Uh, but I am going to preface this a little bit and say um, John chapter 15, as we you'll see, um, it has some, I don't want to say hard, but very upfront, eye-opening statements by Jesus. And uh, I began to read this, and I was thinking, you know, it could be easy for me to just skip over this and get to John chapter 16 and how the Holy Spirit is so good and all of these different things in which he is good. Uh, but then uh, I wouldn't be your pastor, right? I wouldn't be uh, bound to the scriptures to say, this is what God's word says, because I'm a messenger of what God has called us to. And so some of these truths are, are eye-opening, but hang, hang with me, because when we get to the end of it, you're going to see uh, that these are life-changing truths. These are eye-opening, but uh, very relevant for you and I here today. Uh, but before we dive in, I just want to pray for us, ask God to speak during this time. Time, open our hearts to his word and to his truth. And so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning just to open up your word. Thank you for the worship team. Thank you for those that are uh, in this room singing and serving and worshiping together. Thank you for those who are in Bridge Kids who are faithfully serving and pouring into our kids and just being mentors to them. And thank you for those who are listening online. God, I believe that uh, uh, every person is here listening to the sound of my voice, not by mistake, but on purpose, God. And I pray that you would just speak during this time. God, I pray that your words would illuminate in our hearts, and I pray that we would uh, see how to live with you on a daily basis. Of Those things that you have called us to, those things who are great, those things that are grander, but also those things that are hard, those things that are because we live in this broken world. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Uh, I wanted to share a little bit uh, about myself here this morning as we kick off. Uh, but I don't know about you, but when I go on vacation, uh, my mindset's a little bit different. What about you, right? Like there's vacation Daniel and then there's at home Daniel. I know, okay, so vacation Daniel is I'm relaxed. I don't even need a watch, right? Like I can just whatever's going on. Like let's just, yeah, okay, yeah. The only thing I'm keeping track of is when the next meal is, right? Like it's like, hey, it's time to eat. It's 
been two hours, right? Like, that's vacation, Daniel. Also, um, on vacation, have you noticed calories don't count, right? You can just eat whatever you want. Calories don't count. I love that about vacation. And vacation is just a different mindset, right? And have you noticed, too, one of the things I do on vacation, I'll, I'll be sitting on the beach or we'll be sitting at the store and I'll see another dad or whatever. And I'm just I'll start chatting with them. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're like best friends all of a sudden. We don't know each other. We're strangers. But it's because we're on vacation. Like, I'll never see him again. I'll never see me again. Like, we're just loose. We're kind of hanging out, cracking jokes, talking about all this stuff. Uh, but it, that, that's just vacation, Daniel. Right. But then at home, it's a different story. I got alarm clock set. I got a wake up at this time. The kids have got to be up at this time. I got to be at work at this time, right? Like it's a schedule to keep. And I'm like, oh, should I eat this? Should I not eat it? All these different things, right? It's like a completely different mindset. And the funny thing about that is it's because I'm not at home, right? It's because I'm not in my normal routine. I'm not in this uh, space. And that particular mindset is what I want to talk about today, is what uh, actually John chapter 15 is all about. And the title of my message today is, This is Not Our Home. This is Not Our Home. And when we realize that, just like a vacation, Daniel, right? Because it was not my home, I acted a little differently, right? Because I had that revelation, because I had that mental uh, perception, I, the, the way I did life was different, right? And so God is calling us to a life. He's calling us to follow him based on this premise. When you and I become followers of Christ, he gives us, we are a new creation in Christ, right? He is calling us to a new home. And he begins to describe this here in John chapter 15. And we're going to start reading in uh, verse 18 and read through verse 26. We're going to have it for you on the screens for you as well. And so I'm, I'm going to see that I mean, you're going to see here that Jesus, Jesus is using some pretty strong language, and he begins to show us the difference between living in the world and then living towards the home that he has called us to. So he starts here in verse 18, and it says this, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. You're like, whoo, glad I came to church, right? Uh, verse 20, do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than a master. Since they persecuted me naturally, they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all of this because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates the Father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my Father. This fulfills what is written in the Scriptures. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth. He will come to to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. Last week, Jesus started off this talks and he says, I am the true vine. I am the lifeline. Anyone who remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And then it's like he leans in a little further and he goes, okay, listen, 
Let me tell you some truth here. Let me tell you some things that it, it may be hard to hear at first, but you really need to know this. And he leans in and he says, hey, the world, there's going to be times when the world is, is not going to accept you, accept your ways. In fact, it's, he uses the language, the world is going to look like they hate you. And some of them may even because you followed me. And then he, he kind of takes some weight off our shoulders and he says, hey, it's, it's actually not about you. It's actually about me. They hated me first. And because you follow me, they, then they're going to hate. Then there are going to be some people in this world that hate you as well. But the reason that they feel this tension, the reason that they feel this tug is because once we become followers of Christ, we become what the Bible describes as a holy nation. And the word holy means to be set apart, right? Like we, we no longer follow the ways of the world, but we follow the ways of God. And we see this described in first Peter chapter two. And this is so good. I remember reading this when I first became Christian and I was like, Oh, this, this verse right here, I've been looking for a verse like this. These are first uh, Peter chapter two, verses nine through 11. It says, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as people, now you are God's people. You have received no mercy and now you received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you, here it is, as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God. When he judges the world. What a beautiful description of the church. The holy church that God has called us to. He says you are a holy nation. Royal priest. A chosen people. Called to follow Christ. And he says you're going to be set apart. And uh, I thought about this illustration. And I heard somebody a long time ago. Kind of share something very similar. And I, I want you to picture that you and I. Are in a room. And in this room all the windows are painted black. You can't see out the door, right? And you can't see any light. It's, it's incredibly dark in the room. And you're trying to feel your way around the room. And, of course, you run into some things. You may run into some other people. But then all of a sudden, uh, something hits up against the window. And the little piece of the, the black and dark window, there's a scratch in it. And a light beam comes through the window. And all of a sudden, you can see a little bit out the window, right? You get up there, and you, you kind of peek out, and you're like, I can see a little bit outside, and I can see a little bit in the room now. This is great. And you go up, and you scratch the window a little bit more, and another beam of light hits. And you're like, oh, I can see even more now. And you're looking out the window. You're like, wow, this is, this is great. Have you seen outside? You know, you bring in other people. You're like, look outside how amazing this is. And then you're looking around like, oh, this is, oh, I can walk here. I can do this now. And, I, and then all of a sudden, you scratch the window a little bit more and there's more light and then you get more excited and you're like oh wow look I see a tree outside the sun did y'all know there's grass right like you're doing all of this and then you're walking around the house you know, look at that I, look there's a living room there's people sitting there uh, now I can begin to see now I can begin to navigate and as Jesus is calling he said you were living in a dark world and I called you into my marvelous light 
And what he's describing is, is that you and I, we're living in a dark world. We're trying to figure life out, right? We're trying to wander around and it, it can be hard. We can run into things and make mistakes. And uh, the Bible describes that as sin when we do the opposite of what God has called us to. And we're running in and kind of almost clunking around and trying to figure this thing out. And then all of a sudden we hear a beam of truth. Or you maybe hear something from scripture or hear somebody begin to talk about the marvelous light of Jesus. And, it's, and it hits us and it begins to reveal some things in us. And then we're able to peer through the window and that's what Jesus does. He gives us this window into eternity. He gives us this window into heaven and he's saying that you're still in the room. I'm not calling you out of the room yet. He still hasn't called us out of the world yet, but I'm calling you to a new home and I'm giving you this window that you can look through, that you can peer into, that, that, you're, that, that is your home. That is what I'm calling you to. And there is a new way of life, a new way of living. In fact, it's the way of living that I created you for. It's the way of living that your soul can feel at rest. It's the way of living where you can feel true and authentic love. It's the way of living where you experience grace, where you can see hope that even in those darkest moments of our lives, we point to the window we point to eternity and go that is my home that that is the light that I see that you and I are called we are set apart in Christ and he gives us this amazing truth he gives us this principle and that's what he's reminding the disciples and he's reminding you and reminding me he's saying hey we are set apart we are a holy nation royal priesthood and he gives us something you know um as a, i used to be a elementary school teacher and uh, of course there's two different ways to, to talk or to teach or correct people right there's negative reinforcement where you're like hey don't do that this is a mistake but then there's positive reinforcement where you point to what they could be, right? They, you point to what they should be, and you point to a brighter future. And so Jesus, of course, he gives us those things. Oh, hey, here's a warning. But then he goes, hey, here's what could be. Here's the community in which I have called you to. And he calls us to a brighter future. He gives us that amazing truth that you and I can walk in and experience everything that Christ has for you and I. And then Jesus continues on and he begins to teach because sometimes life can be difficult, right? Sometimes living in a dark world can be hard. Living in a broken world can be hard. And I, I don't believe I have to uh, convince you of that reality, right? That we have all lived long enough to realize that there are those things that have uh, come into our lives that weigh us down, that burden us. But then Jesus goes on in verse 23. And he says something here. He says, anyone who hates me also hates my father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. And Jesus, he begins to show us that, that he's saying, I came as the Messiah. I came and I proved to the world that I was the Messiah. And I don't know if maybe you've asked this question or if you've heard somebody say, you know what? If God is real, I wish he would just write it in the sky. You know, I, if God was real, I wish he would just, he would give me a sign. I wish he would uh, paint this in the sky. I wish he would make this person show up. Maybe you've heard that question or maybe even thought about that before. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, I am the sign. He's like, I'll give you one better. You want a sign? I'll actually come myself from heaven as a person so that you can experience this. And then he's saying, you know what? I'm going to fulfill all of this scripture in the Old Testament, all these thousands of 
years of everything that was predicted in Isaiah and the book of Psalms and all of this, he said, I'm going to uh, fulfill all of that in my miraculous birth. And then I'm going to grow older and I'm going to do all, not only that, right? Like that would almost be incredible in itself. But then he says, I'm going to walk this earth and I'm going to make the, the blind see. I'm going to make the deaf hear. I'm going to raise Lazarus back to life after he's been dead for four days. He's like, I'm going to do all of these incredible miracles so that you will know that God is real. So that you can know that Jesus, he came and says, for I came to love the world, right? He said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to love the world. And if you and I are looking for a sign, Jesus is our sign. And if you're taking notes, I'd love to encourage you here um, that, that you and I, as we see that, that Jesus is our sign. And I remember um, there's an incredible story in the Bible where Jesus is, has the, his cousin. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is John the Baptist. He was kind of this wild preacher man who went out into the woods. The Bible says he ate wild locusts and honey. Who's hungry, right? Like he would just, just snap them things off, right? Like a delicacy. And he was preaching in the wilderness. He was kind of this crazy man preaching in the wilderness saying, hey, the Messiah is coming. He was very close to Jesus. He, the Bible describes there was no one greater, right? Like Jesus. Jesus says this about John the Baptist, his, uh, his family member here. And John the Baptist is arrested and he knows he's probably about to uh, be persecuted. And he's about to be martyred for his faith. He's about to give his life for his faith. And in the moment, the Bible lets us see into the mind of John the Baptist. He has a moment of doubt. And he brings another disciple over and he says, hey, hey, hey will you go ask Jesus? Will, will you just go ask him, is he really the one? Is he really the one that we have been waiting on? I mean, he was there. He saw miracles. He preached about it. But we all have doubts, right? We all have a, a, what's called like a dark moment in our mind and heart. Where we're going, okay, God, I'm giving you all of this. Are you really, right? And in that moment, we, we see the disciple comes and he listens in and he hears the question and then he runs to Jesus. And I got to read it because it's just so good. Jesus doesn't come and go, John, what is wrong with you? I, you should know. And that's not what Jesus says. This is what Jesus says here. Jesus told them, go back and tell John to tell him what you have seen. And heard the blind see the lame walk. Those with leprosy are cured. The deaf hear the dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. He added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. Jesus goes back and he says, you know how to overcome your doubt? I want you to give witness. I want you to give testimony to what God has done. And more specifically to what Jesus has done in our lives. You and I, if you're taking I'd love to write this down. When we share the miracles of Jesus, it feeds our faith and starves our doubt. When you and I have those moments of doubt of going, is this the real thing? Is Jesus the one? And my, do I really give my life to this? We have to go back. In the Old Testament, God told them to sell up, set up all these monuments and all these ways to remember that God had brought them through the Red Sea, that God had delivered them, that God had saved them. You and I have an opportunity to feed our faith and to starve our doubt when we look back to what God has done in the 
Bible, all throughout Scripture. But then we can get personal. We can look back in our own lives of going, no, God has done this. No, God has done that. God has been there for me. God was there. He encouraged me in this moment. I can remember times even stepping out in faith and, and planting the church, right? And there are moments where it's like, okay, the money's not going to be there, or I, I hope somebody shows up. You know, all these moments, but every time the Holy Spirit would guide and direct me and go, hey, remember how he showed up before? Remember how he showed up again? Remember how he showed up again? And I would go back to those moments, and God's past faithfulness is a picture for you and I to remember that God is faithful. He is faithful in the past, in the present, and the future, and you and I can feed our faith in those moments. And here's a bigger piece of purpose for you and I. Every time we share a miracle of Jesus, we're feeding somebody's faith. And we're helping them starve their doubt. And so when you walk in and you're like, can I just tell you what Jesus did this week? Can I just tell you what God is working on in my life? And for you, it may feel like small, but somebody hears that. You don't know that. Their doubt may be coming up. Their doubt going, oh, is this thing even worth it? Should I even be doing this? My kid's acting crazy. My husband's doing this. My wife's right. Like all this. Like, Is this even worth it? And then you hear that testimony of what Jesus had done in their life. And you're like, wow. If he's done it in their life, maybe he can do it in mine. If he's done it in my life, then, then maybe he can keep working in mine. And all of a sudden, our faith is fueled and we are starving the doubt inside of our lives. And that's the picture that Jesus has given us. He's saying, go back to my miracles. Go back. And uh, every once in a while, I get to have a conversation with someone and they may uh, ask me about the Bible. And they'll ask, you know, kind of all kind of questions. Was there dinosaurs in the Bible? And if you can prove that, then I'll believe God's re-. all these different things. Right? Like uh, they kind of go off and all these different side tangents. And I try to get them back to Jesus. I try to get them back to the moment. I'm like, okay, look, all of that. We can get into all of that if you want to. We can talk about all of that. But let's get back to Jesus, that he was a real person. He lived this life. He died on the cross. He predicted that he was going to rise again, and he actually did. And over, the Bible describes that over 500 people saw him walking around. He had breakfast the day after coming back to life with his disciples. And I'm like, if you can believe that, that our faith hinges on that moment. Our faith hinges because that proves who Jesus is. And our life can be built off of that power. Our life can be built off of that truth It's going back to who Jesus is. It's going back to what Jesus has done. And you and I, no matter where we are in our faith, no matter where we are in our life, that's the starting point for you and I to really rest in that and to understand what God has done inside of our lives because what Jesus is trying to get us to understand, he's saying in this life, we live in a broken world, right? We live in a world that is that has darkness around us. And because we live in a dark world, bad things are going to happen around us. Around us, The moment Adam and Eve were faced with the decision of sin and chose sin, sin entered this world. And we've seen a kind of snowball effect even into our own life. But we can try to blame it all on them. But I've done it, right? Like I've chose things that are against God. You've done it. We've all done it. We can see the predicament that you and I have been in. And because of that, we live in a world that is broken. We live in a world where we're going to face trials, where we're going to face heartache, we're going to face troubles. And in fact, Jesus even makes the statement. He said, you're getting ready to go out. He makes this pretty bold statement. 
It's like he's saying, hey, you're going to get ready to go out. It's not going to be all roses. You're not going to hold hands and skip through the flowers and say, oh, this is so amazing. He said, there's going to be days when it's difficult. In fact, there's going to be days when people may persecute you. There's going to be days when somebody may look at you and say, I hate you because of what you believe in. Right? Like these, these moments, very real pieces. And living in America, we have the beautiful luxury of having freedom of our faith. Right? And so it, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around persecution, wrap our minds around what that may look like. But Jesus is saying, you all, we almost need to expect it. And, I, and maybe you've noticed, but I've noticed in our world, we're getting a little closer, right? Like we're, we're not fully hostile yet, but we're definitely sometimes Christianity can be a nuisance to the world, right? It can be a little off kilter because of what we're experiencing, right? And so we, we could be getting to that place at one time. We don't know, but there's many people who are following Jesus all around the world and they're being killed for it. They're being uh, ostracized from their families, all of these different things, right? And Jesus, he predicts this. He says, hey, in fact, you, you, we almost need to expect it. We almost need to say oh, it's because this is not our home, right? This is not what we are called to. I'm calling you to a heavenly place. I'm calling you to a holy place. And they may not fully understand, but you keep doing what I've called you to do. I'm going to give you strength to do it. I'm going to help you carry on. I'm helping you continue to move forward in your faith. And then Jesus, he ends it. And we're going to spend all next week really diving into this. But I love this because this is how good God is. He ends that. He says in verse 26, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. And I'm going to skip down here because I said we get into uh, John chapter 16 a little bit. And this Jesus gives us the reason why he just told us all of this stuff. And this is what it says. I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from the synagogues. And the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God. This is because they have known the Father or me. Yes, I am telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you a little, a little while longer. Jesus says, I'm telling you this so that you won't abandon your faith. So that when you come up to those trials, when you come up to that person who says, I can't believe you follow that. I can't believe you're doing that. You want to all of a sudden abandon your faith going, I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't know. I realized it was going to be like this. Jesus is saying, I want to prep you now. I want you to understand that when you live with me, it doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. And if you live with me, it doesn't mean everything's going to be great. No, we still live in a broken world. But we're going to see amazing truth begin to happen. And before we get into that, I remember uh, just a story. This is not my notes. I'm going to share this free time, right? No? Okay. But uh, I remember this when I was, uh, I just got into ministry. I think I was 24 years old. And a guy called the church. And he said, hey, he's asking, you know, he's looking, he wants to talk to a pastor. And so uh, they were, all the, the, the big dogs, you know, they were out somewhere. And so they were like, hey, Daniel, will you come talk to this guy? And I was like, uh, sure, okay. I get on the phone, and he starts asking me questions. He's like, 
where in the Bible does it say that Jesus is God? Jesus is the Son of God. So I start kind of pointing him to some scriptures. Of course, I'm like, ah, uh, this is what you want uh, right here. You know, like I'm, I'm super nervous. I'm like, uh, I don't know, sir. Uh, why are you yelling? And right, and like all these things. And he just gets angrier and angrier. And to the point where we get on the phone, I'm trying to share him this verse, and he just starts screaming. He's like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I cannot believe. Sorry, kids in the room. Um, like he starts yelling all of these things at me, right? And he and then he just hangs the phone up and he's angry and I'm like all right good talk good talk you know like, <laughs> like we'll talk to you later <laughs> have a good day sir um and so I go on that but God taught me a few things in that moment right there in the beginning of ministry that one not everybody's gonna believe right and not everybody is gonna be all this is all great and so I remember that but even further than that I walked away with this tenacity of going okay next time I'm gonna be ready I went back and memorized like seven verses that were that were showing this truth and it fueled the fire in me because I was like because I'm facing this hostility because I'm facing that this battle between good and evil is very real right like it, it fueled me of going this is the truth right like this is what God is doing in our world and we're making headway enough to where people are coming out of the woodworks and trying to stop it if it were not real then just let it go right because it's going to fizzle out but it is real it is the truth it is the light of the world that God has called us to and in fact, Jesus goes on and he says, I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. And I want to end today just talking, sharing a little bit about this truth. And I've been talking a little bit about this uh, outside of Sunday mornings, but I want to give you this truth. And it's kind of crazy to think about this sentence if you're taking notes. Suffering is normal, but God is good. Suffering is normal. But God is good. We live in a world where it's almost like if we suffer or if something bad happens or if there's tension in what we are facing, it's like we have done something wrong. It's like we are broken. Like, you know, if you notice that, like in America, especially, you know, we live in a social media world. Like I'm only posting my good stuff because that's what gets celebrated. If I post, actually, if I post, I'm struggling. Some people are going to go, ooh. Ooh, we need to stay away from them, right? Like it's almost like this taboo. They're, they're going through this. But you and I, Jesus is teaching us we live in a broken world. We're going to face suffering. We're going to face trials. Jesus is not trying to dance around the truth. He's like, no, I love you way too much to let you go out into the world and flounder. I'm trying to teach you now. I'm trying to lean this in. You're going to suffering, in fact, is normal. And as a Christian, you may even invite more suffering because of your faith in Christ. But I don't want you to abandon the faith. I want you to know that God is good. And Jesus is going, because the world is broken, because the world is dark, that is why I came, right? To save the world, to warn the world. This is not who you have called to. And you and I, every day we wake up, we get to walk to the dark window and put another scratch in it. Boom, another beam of light. Every day we get to walk up, put another scratch in another beam of light, right? Every time we share the miracles of Jesus, we put 
put another scratch in the window, another beam of light comes, right? And all of a sudden, it becomes big enough in our life where other people start to come to us, and we're just the air traffic controller, right? Let me tell you about Jesus. Look through this window. This is this what you're walking around trying to feel around, and what? how is this? Why am I suffering? Why is this? And you look out the window and go, this is who we are called to. This is not our home. We are called heavenward. We have an eternal home where there is no more sorrow, no more pain, right? And he's saying, look to Jesus. That is why he has come to set us free, to give us hope and to show us the way to life. And that is the beauty of the church. That is the beauty of Christ. The suffering on this side of eternity is even normal. But it's an opportunity for you and I to say, but God is good. There was a time when uh, my son Bennett, they used to ride the bus. And uh, one day he got off the bus. You know, the school bus comes and they stop and then he has to cross the street a little bit. Uh, And so he got off the bus one time. We were all sitting there. We were just kind of talking. And I got four kids. So sometimes one of them gets lost. You know, they're just kind of trailers like herding cats. But anyway, he kind of tails off and he darts across the road real fast. And so a, a car is coming. So we're all like. What are you doing? You know, we're screaming at the top of our lungs. We're running out into the street. We're trying to stop him. We're trying to pull him back, right? Trying to experience that. And when I think about Jesus, a lot of people will come to me and say, well, if God is good, why does he send people to hell, right? And Jesus is going, I'm not trying to send anybody to hell. In fact, I love him so much. I'm going to send my son to the earth to be a sign to show you that God is real and to show you the way so that you don't have to go that you can go to heaven and Jesus is like that he sees us running towards danger and he's like no 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 don't go that way look to me let me show you the way I will come I'm not even going to stay in heaven I'm going to come on earth as a real person I'm going to show you all these miraculous signs it's like Jesus waving his arms going no no no, don't go that way don't do it there's a warning it's towards destruction it's it's pain it's all of that stuff he's like no no follow me, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, right? Like Jesus is saying, I'm giving you this warning. I'm, get, I'm hoping that you'll see it. I'm hoping that you will follow me and I will give you strength even in your darkest days. I will give you strength even in your pain. Let me tell you how good God is. God will take our pain and he will turn it into something good. Even the the darkest days, the darkest moments of our life, we can surrender that to Jesus. And Jesus goes, let me take this and do what only I can do in and through it. And um, I I had the privilege last year. There's a a really great ministry called Taste the Victory. And um, they serve families who have lost a child. And so they take them on this retreat and... It's an opportunity for them to connect and begin to share some of their moments. And I served as the pastor of the week there. And we kind of there's a time each day where the parents sit in a circle and they just they share their story. They share about what has happened to them. They share about their pain. They share about their suffering. They share about all of those things. And honestly, most of the week, I'm just listening. I'm just kind of soaking this stuff in. And I remember I got to like day four. 
And I remember going on a walk with God and began to talk with him. And, and I came back, and at the end of the week, they, they were sharing all the week. And I just kind of would make sure that everybody got a chance to share and facilitate and all of that. And then the last day, they go, hey, Daniel, tell us a little bit what God's showing you this week. We know you haven't walked through this, but, you know, you're, you're in the midst of all this. We feel like you've been a part of us this whole time, and you've been sharing this. And I remember the Holy Spirit just kind of hit me right there in that moment, and I, I began to share. I said, you guys have walked through some pain that I, I can't say that I can even understand what you've walked through, the, the suffering that you've walked through, the, the immense uh, struggle and trial. I said, but what I can tell you, is that I've sat here and listened at how you have shared that insurmountable about a pain, but you also are sharing how God showed up more in those days than in your entire life. That in your darkest moment, it was like God's light shined the brightest. And you want to talk about stories of miraculous, of where God just out of the blue showed up or a doctor came in or somebody said this or this became about. And you begin to hear the truth where the Bible says that God is near and dear the brokenhearted. And I remember on, going on that walk after experiencing like four days with them. And I, I was writing and journaling in my phone and I was like, if you want to get close to God, just get to people who are in pain because God is there. You can see him working brighter than I would say on days when we feel like everything is going well. But when we're in the midst of that suffering and trial, it's like God swoops in. He's like, it's in my nature to give you strength. It's in my nature to show up. It's in my nature to comfort you. And don't shy away in those moments, but lean in more believe God more and, and starve those doubts and feed your faith in those moments of suffering. And you and I, we have an opportunity as Christians to not look at that suffering and the trials as taboo or something's wrong with you. But as Christians, we move in closer. I remember when I first got into ministry, I heard a, a pastor say, I think it was Rick Warren. And he said, if you always want to have ministry, run towards people in pain. And you and I have an opportunity as Christians because the world is broken. Sin is in our world. Suffering is normal, but God is good. And we have an opportunity to be a light into the world. And when people can't see, and I don't know what to do, my trials, I'm hurting and all these things. We're able to kind of guide them closer to the window, right? Closer to the window and go, look, let me show you. This is what God's truth says. This is what his word says. Can I tell you what heaven is like? Can I tell you about the streets of clear gold so that you can still see the beauty and majesty of Jesus? Can I still tell you about the pearl? gates right Colossians tell us says fix our thoughts on the things of heaven right and we have this beautiful picture of what God has called us to and I believe that in those moments of immense trials and suffering and pain and struggles you and I we can stand the test of time because it is real because God is true and if it is true in our good times it is true in our bad times right and we can stand on those promises we can stand on those truths and God is calling you and I to be a beautiful picture of what this looks like. And so as I close, I just want to begin to pray for us. And I want to give you this truth. It's kind of been a theme for me over the past few years. And if you're taking notes and I want to end on this, I invite the worship team back up. God didn't promise it would be easy. 
He said it would be worth it. He didn't say it would be easy. He said it'll be worth it. He said, if you'll trust me with your life, I will allow your soul to feel fulfillment even in the trials. If you trust me with your life, you will experience hope that you can't find anywhere else. If you'll trust me with your life, you can experience love that you'll, you can't get anywhere else. If you'll trust me with your life, you'll experience joy. That's why Apostle Paul can sit in prison and write Philippians chapter 2, right? It's why the early church, why Peter could be crucified upside down and say, no, no, I can't, don't even crucify me regular. Like, upside down because I'm not worthy to die the same way that Jesus did, right? Like that's the reality. Jesus is going, I love you so much. You can have joy and hope even in the midst of our darkest days because Jesus is our lifeline, not our suffering, not the trial, not the circumstance. That Jesus gives us strength even in the midst of that. That is the hope that we have in Christ. That is the hope and the glory that Jesus gives for all of us. So I just want to pray for us and ask God to speak to us during this time. And maybe for you, you're hearing all of this, but you may hear this truth about Jesus. And you're going, you know what? I've never actually given my life to Jesus. And I want to pray for you today and say, I want to give my life to Christ. I've never done that before, but everything that you're sharing, Daniel, I believe that he is the son of God. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he rose again and I'm ready to surrender that to him. And so I just want to pray a prayer with you. And then uh, in your seats, there's a connect card. Just fill that connect card out. There's a box there that you can check. I have decided to follow Jesus. Just check that box. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you, pray for you, welcome you to the family, all of these things. And so you can fill that out, check that off. But if you want to pray uh, something like that, I can help guide you right here in this moment. Just pray a prayer like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I know that I have sinned and I'm disconnected from you. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again. I ask that you would save me and change me, God. Just this opportunity, there's no magic in that prayer, but it's the heart cry to Jesus to say, I'm placing my faith in you. And if you made that decision, prayed that prayer today, just fill that card out. You can drop it in the offering bucket there on the back offering bin. I want to pray for the rest of us um, here as a church. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we know that this world is broken, that there can be dark days that are ahead of us. God, I know that there are people in this room who are listening to my voice online who have been through some incredibly hard times in their past. God, I pray that you would right now in the name of Jesus speak faith into their life. God, I pray that you will remind them of the miraculous things that you have done while you are on this earth and through the lives of those who have been through suffering as well. God, I pray that you comfort each and every soul that can hear my voice, God, that they would feel your presence, maybe now more than ever. God, I pray that we would surrender our lives to you and we can look out into a dark world, not in fear, God, but in hope that you can still work, you can still move, and that you have a calling on our life that we can step out into a dark world because the light of the world is in us, God.
We are not fearful of the darkness because of you, Jesus. I pray that you give us boldness. I pray that you give us courage. Give us strength, God. Give us the words to say as we're at work, in our homes, with our kids, with our spouses. Everywhere that we go, God, the light goes with us. That is a promise that we cling to. God, we love you and praise you so much. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.